Number three, though, it works on Madden. Like, if you're playing somebody with that with a speedy running back, you want to take away all that, you know. I get it. I just mean, like, I, I pass the ball a lot. So, like, if you go cover three against me, I'm going to spread you out and try and attack the middle, do some tight end stuff. Yeah, I always feel like, though, like the second level of my defense, I have speed in those gaps. Like, those guys who need to be, like, rerouting the seams. Like, one side, that's Shaquem Griffin who was actually the fastest player on my defense for most of the year. And then also Logan Ryan on the other side playing in the slot. And so I just use her one of those guys. And if somebody does run a fourth player up there, then I just run with them. Like basically like a cover three match essentially. And it, it works. I mean, as long as you're competent in coverage, that works. You just, you gotta have a really good DB to make it effective. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, you do. You definitely have to have the right personnel, but I mean, You've seen it happen before. You look back at, like, the Seahawks defense, Legion of Boom. Like, you get those corners. You get Richard Sherman on one side, who instead of taking up a third of the field, takes up, like, oh, boy, math. Let's just go to ninths and call it, like, four ninths of the field, you know, a little bit more than a third. And then next to him, you have Earl Thomas, who also just takes up four ninths. And then you have whatever other corner they were pretending was good that year. And just put him over there. And he just has this tiny little section. Everything's just all boxed in. They get those cover linebackers in front of him. You can, you can make it work. I mean, I'm not, I keep, I'm, I'm not sure I want to bring this up or not. All right, I'm just going to do it. I have to do it now. So people are probably lost because this is a cold read or whatever. Or whatever we that's basically called. just hit record in the middle of a conversation. But... <laughs> the, uh, the, the Madden leagues on Xbox and, and PS4 for DNVR. Henry and I are both very active participants. Henry on the Xbox side, I play in the PlayStation League. I haven't been talking about it as much because I don't want to jinx it. I'm, I'm a very superstitious person, but I am 9-0 and right now. Only wow. undefeated team in the AFC. Moving along, developing Drew Locke. Nice. Got Jerry Judy and Preston <laughs> Williams on the outside. Christian McCaffrey on the inside. I'm I'm a lethal offense. Wow. So I uh I had a great year. I was the number two seed in the AFC as the Browns. Uh, but then the first playoff game, I played obviously in the divisional round against the Chiefs, and it was a great game. Just back and forth, back and forth. Um, wound up going for two with about 25 seconds left, converting it to go up 14-13, kicked off. Uh, got like the tackle there, but then uh, pulled a sack with Shaquem Griffin. Clock is running down from that 25 seconds. With about six seconds left, he snaps the ball. Russell Wilson rolls through the end zone, hits a bomb to DJ Chark for a walk-off game-winning touchdown to end my season. Did you break your TV after that? My God. I was upset. I, I'm not much of an angry person. I just get sad. So I was really sad, but yeah, now, now my team is in a rough spot. I, uh, Tom Brady retired. That's why. Uh, and now I only have Easton stick at quarterback and I need to, this is, we're into the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields draft class. Mm -hmm. And I have number five overall. And I also have a late first and two late seconds. So I'm trying to decide, like, do I try to position and move up and grab one of those guys? Cause this will be the last season, um, before we move to the new game or, like RK is offered to trade me Cam, 78 overall, 85 speed. Do I just plug Cam in to follow Tom Brady just like the Patriots are doing and use those picks on like Penny Sewell or somebody like that? I always lean youth on Madden. I Except just, that it's the last year. That's true. That is, I guess it is a it's slightly tough. different franchise because you mm -hmm. don't really have to think long term. Yeah? yeah, I mean, there were there are definitely worse options than Cam Newton. Exactly, and he's RK's backup. Uh, he said he'd give me a good deal on him. I have everything else built out on offense and and on defense too. I just I'm just not sure what to do. 
Thank God we're getting real sports back because (laughs) the last couple of months have been not very eventful. No, it's been uh, pretty terrible. One of the worst parts of my life. But this is the DNVR College Podcast, and we're talking college football today. Um, And this is our first time talking, oh, I should say, presented by uh, Manscaped. We love Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm. This is Justin Michael. I cover the buffs. He covers the Rams for DNVR. And uh, that's everything that you need to know. Let's just dig in with the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Uh, that is not a thing this year. Why don't you just tell us about your feelings and get all of the emotions out first, and then we can try to talk about things realistically? Here's the thing. Why did CU and CSU and Northern Colorado and Wyoming and Air Force all come to this pact and agree to the same testing standards? And, you know, if, if, if the pact – I don't know. It's just – I, I don't see how CU going to Corvallis, Oregon is safer than them going 45 miles to Fort Collins to play CSU. And to be honest, according to Joe Parker, at least, Rick George agrees with me because he, mm-hmm. he was a proponent for the Pac-12 playing a league plus one schedule. He knew that they could play CSU. They didn't even have to stay in Fort Collins. They could come up the day of, you know, you, mm-hmm. do, you start your walkthroughs at Folsom hop on the bus it's not ideal you know there's a reason that they travel the night before there's a reason that all this process exists but in in this current situation there is not a game that CU could play safer than CSU and I think that's what's just annoying about this whole situation now I'm not saying you know the buffs were running or anything like that because that wasn't the situation you know this was the Pac-12's decision they decided they're going to the league only format that's fine I just it's it's annoying on CSU's end because I don't think it makes it any safer. I don't think it's more logical. And you know, beyond anything, obviously the Rams missed their first chance to host in, in 26 years. So that sucks. Mm-hmm. That's uh that that's where I'm at. Where are you at? It sucks. It really sucks. That was one of the games I was looking forward to the most. I mean, how long had we been talking about like what we're gonna do for Rocky Mountain Showdown week? Like, like I feel like months ago we talked like, Oh yeah, we can like come on the podcast, do it this way. We can get like Eric and everybody on at different points. And we hadn't like put together firm plans, obviously, but that for us as the college guys here, that is the the best week in terms of being a DNVR employee covering college football because everybody's in on it. That's the game that everybody in the company cares about. And it's so much fun. And it really does suck that we don't get to cover that. It sucks that I don't get to see that new stadium. Um, you know, with everything happening, I don't think I would have anyway, you know, take a very normal year for that to happen. So much of it just sucks. Uh, especially like Brendan Lewis was supposed to start his first game against an in-state rival. That's supposed to be how his career started with like, from at least our perspective with a win over Colorado state and then just off and running from there. Like that was going to be a moment in the storyline, his like whole arc of his career. that was going to be a very big piece of it. And we, we missed out on that too. There's just so many pieces of it that just sucks. Like I don't, it it really sucks that Brendan Lewis couldn't start with a disappointing road loss and a tough (laughs) environment in Fort Collins. We're, we're not going to make this whole thing like CU versus CSU. I I just think it would have been an interesting game. Obviously you Mm -hmm. have the storylines with Steve Adazio and Carl Dorrell. You have a CSU team who's, you know, had a couple of down seasons, but they return quite a bit of talent. If you, if you Mm -hmm. follow Phil Steele, he has them listed as the third most improved team in the entire country. All I'm saying is, you know, this CSU team, it would have at least been competitive. Yep. You know, it wouldn't have been one of those years where it was, you know, like 40 to seven or whatever. It would have, just, it would have been a fun game. We lose all the storylines. We lose the drama. It sucks for Coloradans. It sucks for college football fans. It sucks for me. I don't know. I just want to complain some more. Yeah, I think that's fair. In terms of the actual like thought process behind the decision, I I just I I totally get it, and I think that what they did makes sense, and it was probably the right decision, even though it really sucks. You know, the, there's the whole safety thing, and that's what people are bringing up, and we're talking about in the Buffs Discord or like the DMVR Lounge part for the Buffs, and it 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 just really sucks. But also the health thing, 
I'm not sure what the health difference is between going to Colorado State and going to Oregon State. Like, obviously, there are more pieces in play when you're going to Oregon State because, like, you look at, like, you, you take the bus from the team facilities to the airport, you go through the airport to Corvallis, you stay in a hotel, and then you go down the field. So, so you have more pieces there than you have at Colorado State. I don't know whether college football has the budget to just totally insulate them on a like flight. Like, are they actually just pulling a bus up to the plane and, and see, that's the thing is like, are they coming into contact with those people? But the thing is you have to remember the PAC 12 isn't thinking about what is best for Colorado. It's what's best for the 12 schools. And to be honest, when you're trying to figure out which schools you should be managing this season for and making decisions at, you know, the front of your mind instead of the back of your mind, a lot of people are going to be thinking, well, what's best for USC? What's best for Oregon? What's best for the teams that are going to have chances to make some noise in college football this year? And teams like Colorado, you know, they, they're, they have the worst odds to win the Pac-12 title. I think that sometimes they get a little bit forgotten. But the thing is, like, obviously, I think for Colorado, if, if there's one way that's safer than the other, and there probably is, then it's going to Fort Collins and not going to Corvallis. But when you look at all the other teams in the conference, does Arizona have an opportunity to, like, go to northern Arizona? And can Arizona State do the same thing and they can both play that FCS school if they go to the 10 plus one? Uh, I, I guess the answer is no. And we know that Rick George was pushing for the 10 plus one because Joe Parker said it. And it makes sense because it makes sense for Colorado because they do have that easy option. But if you say you're allowed to schedule that game, that means the other 11 teams have to find somebody to schedule. And the reason they don't want to just schedule anybody is because the PAC 12 has agreed to testing protocols. They've said, here's how we can do it. Here's how we can make sure everybody's safe. You guys can trust that the teams that you are playing will not have the virus because they're fulfilling these same protocols. And like you said, you know, Colorado state agreed to those Wyoming agreed to those so that this 10 plus one could happen for Colorado because they knew they would have to be able to say to the PAC 12, Hey, we don't know that your regulations are right, but they're what you're going with, and that's what you say is right. We can jump in too. There might not, like, would Northern Arizona agree? You would think that they would, but we just don't know. And then you have to go to Oregon, and I don't even know what the local non-FBS, non-Pac-12 Oregon team would be. Maybe they have to go up to, like, Eastern Washington. But that's where Washington Washington State have to go to play somebody. Like, maybe they go out to Idaho, but that's a long drive. Might as well just fly down, you know. It's just a it would get, uh, bad situation. Complicated. It would definitely be messy, and, and I understand that. I do think mm-hmm. to an extent, you know, you had time to figure some of this stuff out. It's, it's just they went with the easier decision, and yeah. that's probably, you know, that's fair. You know, it's with everything else going on, I get that. It, it's just there's a, lot of, there's a lot of holes in their logic that you could come, you can counter with. That's all I'm saying. It's not going to be yeah. perfect, and we know that. And you're, and you're not going to be able to please everybody. That's just the reality this year. If we get any college football, there's probably going to be <laughs> something about it that pisses off just about everyone. What's going to crack me up is three weeks from now when you know crap hits the fan even more, and then somehow we end up with some type of regional deal and the Pac-12 doesn't even play league games, the Mountain West doesn't play league <laughs> games, and CSU and CU end up playing each other because they have nobody else to play. Yeah, it's just like a best of seven series. Yeah, just, just a home just, and home. Just keep going. Yeah, they just keep going all season. They just flip back and forth, one stadium, then the other. That would be kind of interesting. Like, let's just say it's like totally chaotic. And basically the, the decision is that college football can only happen within like drivable distances. Mm-hmm. And so like Colorado and Colorado State play like a home and home. Air Force, like Wyoming, Greeley, I guess, just so every everybody plays a home and home with everybody, and we just get like twelve weird games between six yeah. regional teams. Could you imagine if if you a football team actually did play another football team just like a bunch of times? Like what happens in game seven? Like with Colorado and Colorado State, like you are so deep into like okay, here was our base game plan. Here was what their base game plan. That was game one. Then game two, we got to the counters. Then game three, we saw even more and like switched up. Like, do you end up just like playing to a stalemate? 
at like games i don't even know it, it would be so cool to watch how everything shifted over the course of those games though the tough part i think from a coaching standpoint do you script just to try and win that one game like mm-hmm. do you take it one game at a time or are you like you know I'm, I'm calling this play in game two to set up you know this thing in game four but yeah. then you know if you lose the first three games game four might be irrelevant at that point so like oh. i don't it would be very weird it would completely change everything yeah those go- cornerback wide receiver matchups when they're going at each other seven straight games they would hate each other they already hate each other like ah, and then you'd know their tendencies like there would be so many film rooms that could be written about that that would be probably the favorite things that I've ever written in my life. Could you imagine if we would have gotten like seven games of Michael Crabtree and Aqib Talib? <laughs> that would be incredible. Michael Crabtree with a new chain every game. It just becomes a recurring bit. <laughs> they wouldn't even like wear football pads by game seven. They would just come out in boxing gloves and just let's, yeah. let's get it on. Here's another uh, unrelated thing that I just need to get out because it's been driving me crazy. So like earlier this week, ESPN or SportsCenter or somebody put something on Instagram. There was OBJ wearing a uh, like $200,000 watch on the football field. And the way they said it was like, oh, how cool is this? When really it should have been OBJ literally lost that game by over 30 points and was wearing a $200,000 watch all the time. Like that should not be like some positive thing. And just because we were talking about chains, it like jumped into my head. Like that is one of the things that's very wrong with how people watch sports. Losers don't get to do that kind of stuff. Like I, I and, and if they do, we should be calling them out. It's, it's like celebrating a touchdown when you're down by whatever, like, no, those highlights should not be making any rounds. Everybody should be like, Oh, that's disgusting. And I just want to, throw that out there losers don't get to have fun you think that's bad man turn on sports center the night after the nuggets beat the warriors it's just gonna be warriors <laughs> highlights yeah it's crazy yeah there are a lot of problems i just picked one that i felt like i needed to address you <sighs> imagine being able to one afford a two hundred thousand dollar watch but care so little about it that you're willing to wear it in a football game seriously seriously is that really like like i'm not trying to be that guy that like if you if you make your money you go out and you do your thing and honestly he probably got that watch for free anyways as like a sponsorship yeah. type deal especially but, if they if he told him he would wear it on the yeah. field because every i can't remember what brand it was but every time somebody brings it up it's like the two hundred thousand dollars not rolex watch but they say whatever it is right there and it's like ah this is so just dumb he just got and we're getting really old beat. man with these takes henry I, but it's true been, i, feel I have been way. called bob ryan before that is <laughs> in missoula i was called bob ryan by a few of my friends every time we talked because of my takes i'm actually against celebrating in general but i've realized that you can't even like say that like like give me an old-fashioned like spike mile high salute we don't need dances we don't need leapfrogs like anything that is pre meditated and like organized like i i don't know i get being excited and i know that i've never been as excited as i would be if i scored an nfl touchdown but at least i can jump back to like high school lacrosse and be like yeah i was hyped at no point did i think like huh i'm so hyped i want to do a skit like that is just the dumbest thing in the world to me it's a little corny for sure i like the individual celebrations i mean the the choreograph stuff that's a bit far for me because like at that point yeah. you're you're putting you're putting more thought into your touchdown celebration than you know the the game itself but which isn't actually true but some of them are very elaborate though they are though it's like you very clearly put some time into this this wasn't like a hey like you know it'd be cool if we did this this and this this is a you know let's meet up and practice this type of deal yeah like I'm not sure that everybody involved with like all of those celebrations puts you know about the same amount of effort into learning their role for that skit as they put into like learning a play but i would guess that it's pretty close like remembering like i am the bowling pin on the left side in the second row 
when he like pretends to roll a ball into all of us because he ran a ball from two yards out. Like, I, I don't know, but it seems like that's about as much to remember as, Hey, this guy's right here, push him back or like pull to the right side. You know, <sighs> I, <laughs> not a fan, not a fan. We've been all over the place today. It's, it's just one of those days, man. It's, it's been a long week. I've been moving. I've got like everything I own is basically still just like in a box behind me. It's just pain in the ass. Hey, here's a question. Uh, when you're doing all that moving, do you feel a little bit sweaty below the belt? Here's the deal. I absolutely do. Then you better check out the Manscaped Crop Preserver, and that'll take care of that problem for you. If you're moving or doing anything else that's active, or even if you're not moving but it's hot where you are, I guess, you need to be wearing that Crop Preserver. It's anti-chafing, so if you're chafing anywhere, really, I was talking to Dre about this earlier, you just put it wherever you're chafing, it'll fix it. It also stops you from sweating. It's a ball deodorant. It is uh, great. RK told me earlier this week that he tried some in his armpits, and it worked better than his deodorant. Seriously, if I could, I would get two shower heads, one for water so that I could, you know, take a shower in the traditional way, but then also one of the crop preserver so that I would just be covered in all of that and I would just smell incredible all day and not even have to worry about it. Like you just take a shower and then boom, like maybe put on like a hairnet or something and then out the other one, you're just covered in crop preserver. I noticed how you said crop preserver because it would have sounded a little weird if you were like, I want to get showered in ball deodorant. Yeah, sometimes you have to pick the right word. If you guys want to check out the uh, crop preserver, the best and possibly only ball deodorant in the world, then you can go to manscaped.com and use the code DMVR20 to save 20%. And as I was just thinking about that, I realized I would actually like a third shower head, one for Strawberry Sky. You get into the Ooh. shower. So, so we had this figured out. You know, it's the water first, crop preserver second. Instead, you're actually going to throw the Breckenridge uh, Strawberry Sky shower head into the very front of the line. Just spray that all over you first. Um, if you're feeling like drinking it, you can open your mouth. If you're not feeling like drinking it, you can at least like have it all over you and let it soak in because it is just good stuff sent from the gods. Like I can't, when if, if if you were to say like the crop preserver and the strawberry sky were made by the same people at first thought you'd probably think huh weird because those are two very different things but then if you thought for just like a second longer then i think you get to the point would be like yes yes they did and those are those are two incredible products there is no way there are multiple people in this world who can have an idea like the strawberry sky or like the crop preserver so make sure you're checking out the Strawberry Sky from uh, Breckenridge and uh, use the beer locator to figure out where you can get it. Uh, one of our favorites is Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits down south of Denver, but also at uh, the DMVR bar, which is where I'll be drinking plenty of those tonight. I was just going to keep staring at you and see like how long you could take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that was a fun one. That wasn't going to was give you one. any assistance. Like if you were drowning, no. I'm, I'm watching just like... I had no idea where I was going with any of that. Um, it worked in the end, though. It really did. Came full circle. Just, no. Um, we can stop it there. But, <laughs> but Moving on. Uh, let's talk more about college football. What do you want to talk about? How, uh, how confident do you feel that there's going to be college football this fall right now? I was a couple in of weeks. I was in such a good place before you asked this question, just mentally and emotionally. Uh, College football, it, if I had to say right now, is it happening? Is it not happening? I would think for a long time like I'm doing right now. And then I'd probably say not happening. But it's pretty close to 50-50 in my mind. I'm torn because part of me feels like they're just kind of like delaying the inevitable. And then the other part of me, the optimist in me, the part of me that's just dying for college football is just like, well, we're almost to August and we still haven't been canceled yet. So uh, <laughs> there is coming. that part of it. Like, I feel like they are toying with us a little bit, but I'm all right being toyed with as long as it's fun for everybody. And it's fun for me right now. 
I mean, it'll just, it'll be such a harsh reality if they ever do, you know, outright cancel college football for 2020. Even so, I just, I don't think it'll be like canceled completely. It might be weird. They might move it to spring. They might, Mm -hmm. we might lose Trevor Lawrence and all the, you know, Penny Sewell and all the Mm -hmm. top draft guys. And maybe it's like a six game schedule that they play from March to May. I, I don't know. I just know that there's so much, you know, money at stake that it, I feel like when they can, they're going to do something. Also, just like think about the impact that college football has on local economies, you know, in a place like Boulder or Fort Collins or Montana, even, you know, like think about all those local businesses that are just going to be starving for customers. I don't, I don't know. There's, there's this weird like balance of we have to value the student athletes and everybody participating and worry about their health. We also got to think about like what college football means inside these communities and the financial impact and all that. It's just a weird time. I just, I, I miss when our biggest problems were like complaining about scheduling or like missed official calls or dumb mm-hmm. commercials or something like that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Here's a question for you. Okay. If there is no college football season, let's say no Colorado teams included, which team in the entire country would you be most disappointed that you didn't get to see play this year? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, well, I mean, the Alabama fan me, obviously. There. Yeah, I'm trying I to think of more like, interesting teams. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty curious to see what Clemson does coming back with Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're – they're one of the more fun teams. Oregon, I think, is going to be really interesting. That's secondary. Post Justin Herbert, they have an amazing mm-hmm. defense. Their line is pretty good. But, you know, can they put it all together? I don't. Who, who would you go with? So, I mean, I would start with Montana because uh, I'm willing to claim the uh, 2020 national title for them. But Do I it. guess if they didn't play, then I could just claim that and nobody could really dispute it. But – in terms of FBS, I guess my mind jumps initially to the Pac-12, of course, because that's where my brain is for like 90% of my life. Um, and I think I'd start with USC. I think that a good they have too. so much talent with Keaton Slovis, um, kind of some question marks at running back, but like talented question marks, that crazy depth at receiver, the speed on defense, the defensive line has potential to be pretty great too. I think that they would have to be right up there. Oregon's a good one. I, I, the more I think about Oregon and that defense, they, bringing in like the top two inside linebacker recruits in uh, Justin Flo, number one, and then uh, Penny Sewell's little brother was the number two. I, just because they have that blend of guys who I've seen before and like p- watching them play, but also some young guys who you can get excited about. And, you know, the, both those teams are really on the national stage. True national title, uh, true college football playoff contenders. I can say that. Um, those would be That's the top. Like Arizona That's State. Safe. Arizona State, yeah. I can't call them national title contenders right now. Arizona State's a fun one, too. I think Jaden Daniels can take that program somewhere really good, but more importantly, really fun. Like, I think that that team with that Frank Darby at receiver, who I'm super high on, I think that they could be a lot of fun, even if they might not have all of the pieces to be successful. Plus, with Herm Edwards as coach, uh, I feel weird being the Buffs guy talking about how much I'm starting to fall in love with some of these Pac-12 teams. But uh, I I promise once the season starts, I'll start to get angry at them or something. No, I mean, that makes sense. It's the teams that you follow the most. I'm a big Mountain West guy. Like, I just enjoy Mm -hmm. watching the Mountain West teams. I mean, yeah, obviously there are allegiances and and rivalries in place, and there are some teams that I like more than others, and there are some teams that play on blue turf. But, (laughs) like that one? Yeah, I did. (laughs) I don't know. One of the teams I'm excited for is New Mexico. They... Mm. They're just like one of those weird teams. Nobody pays attention to them, not even the people in Albuquerque, really. But they they hired, you know, Danny Gonzalez away from Arizona State. They brought back Rocky Long, longtime San Diego State head coach's defensive coordinator. In terms of, like, what they had versus what they have now, I just don't think there's a program in the country that upgraded more from a coaching staff perspective. And because of that, you know, maybe New Mexico could make it interesting. 
although they're at the the governor of new mexico recently asked new mexico not to play so maybe uh maybe they're not the best example i hate when that happens um i would throw penn state in that mix i'm really excited to see what penn state can do this year they have a i don't know i think that they could be the best team in the big 10 this year i wouldn't put man really yeah i wouldn't put money on it but I think they have the path. I really like the running backs. Uh, Journey Brown, he's one of my favorites. And then, of course, uh, the receiver whose name I'm blanking on. But, yeah, I I think that that's a team that's very veteran, has some experienced playmakers coming back. The defense should fit well with that running game in my mind. And I think that the first – well, I guess, like, Clemson was actually the first team that came to my mind, but you took that one outside of the Pac-12. I think I think Penn State would be the next up. Who's a team that you would be glad that you don't have to watch if there's not a college football season? Take that however you will. Oh. It could be petty reasons. It could be you just don't like the way they play. It could be you don't like their fans and you want them to feel the punishment. Whatever. Uh, that's a tough one. Again, my mind goes straight to the Pac-12 because that's where I can like think through all the teams quickly and come up with one. If I want to say something kind of bold, I might go with Utah. I think that why they just aren't a super fun team. You know, it is very much like the meat and potatoes, which which is kind of what Oregon is turning into. But at the same time, Oregon also has like some serious playmakers on both sides of the ball that you're willing to turn on the TV to watch with Utah. Like I, there just aren't many guys who excite me now at the same time. I mean, there are plenty of other teams that I could probably go to first, even Arizona, Arizona would be in that same boat. But the difference is that Utah should be quite a bit better. And so I wanted to go with the hotter take. Kyle Whittingham would definitely be, a front runner for just like the least likable coach in, in the country. He's definitely up there. He's just, yeah, the dude just feels like a stick in the mud. I don't even have anything like specifically, like a specific example to go to. He just, I don't know. Guy seems kind of like he would not be, he would not be the guy that I invite to the backyard barbecue. That's all I'm saying. He doesn't seem like he's a good hang. I would agree. I would totally agree. Yeah. I think that you, Sum that pretty well. I'm trying to think. I talked to him at Pac-12 Media Day, but I think that's the only interaction I've had. Well, I guess we had like the virtual stuff with all the Pac-12 coaches this spring, but I don't have much for personal experiences with him like I do with some of the other Pac-12 coaches. But I would say, yeah, he is one of the one of my least favorite. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, like if I were to rank all of my favorite Pac-12 coaches, obviously Herm Edwards is first. Ah. You play to win the it game. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's just super fun. Whenever he's talking, it's really engaging. It's really hard to put people in order. Like there, plus there he actually lets his players guys. talk to the media. That part is fun. Um, Dude, of the Nick new Rolovich, coaches, though. I know he's got to be right up there, but he's new. He is really cool. Uh, Washington. That's weird. Like Kelly, yeah, boring. Jimmy Lake. I like, haven't spent Chip much Kelly, time with I him. Don't know. I'm sure Chip Kelly. Like I'd be, I'd like to pick his mind, but I can't. Chip Kelly just going like purely off of the the perception I have of him. I've never interviewed him in any context. He just seems like he always feels like he's like the smartest guy in the room, and mm-hmm. I don't like that about people. I don't know. I I, I wouldn't want to hang with Chip Kelly either. Yeah, I uh, pulled up to the urinal next to him at the Pac-12 Media Day, and he definitely still kind of did have that vibe where it's like he probably knew how cool I thought it was that I was at the urinal next to him. I mean, it was pretty obvious. Otherwise, I would have picked a different urinal if I didn't think it would be pretty cool to be able to say I was at the one next to him. But you didn't obviously acknowledge it because we're standing at urinals. But, yeah, he definitely does have that aura about him. Okay, here's the question, though. Take, let's just say, table for four, so you're one of them. If you got to invite three coaches out to dinner with you, all of college football, they can be uh, head coaches, they can be coordinators, anything. They just need to have a job right now in college football. Which three are you taking? 
Oh man, just off the dome, this would have been a good one to prepare for. Um, <laughs> Saban, because yeah. he's my you guy. Have to. You have to. And just like the absurdity. Then, then, then I'd probably try and go like weird with it and try and find like, I don't know, just like a charismatic <laughs> dude, someone like Herm Edwards or Rolovich or just somebody who would yep. just be weird because I want to see Saban and yep. them go at it. Like I'll throw some weird conversation piece and just let them go at each other. Mm-hmm. And then I think third, I'd probably just go with somebody that seems like cool. Just, I don't like a cool coach. I almost said, <laughs> I almost said Chev, but then CSU fans would kill me, but he's just an example <laughs> of like a, like a cool and assistant coach. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, the third one is tough. I'd, I'd, I think I'd probably go all head guys though, if we're being honest, just cause the prestige yeah, I think so. Like a, a Steve Sarkeesian would interest me, you know, like just because I think that he's really smart football wise. Plus, like has oh, some life Kiffin, experience. Duh. Yeah, Lane Kiffin's a good duh. one. I I have this love hate relationship with Mike Leach, so depending on the day, same, he might be in that same. conversation. Yeah, I think everybody does. It's like he's yeah, a great I love quote. this guy. He's and interesting, like, but then just like some of the stuff he says, where it's just like, I don't think you're actually as smart as you think you are, buddy. Let's ignore that one. You made yeah. some good points about the pirates, though. Um, I think uh, I, I really Herm Edwards was on was one of mine, and you brought that one up. Nick Saban has to be one of them um, because he just knows so much about football, and I I could uh, I think that. My, if I could, I don't even know how to phrase this. I may have a dream at some point in my life of just spending a full day with Nick Saban and asking him all the questions I have for him. Um, you aren't the only one, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think those two for sure. Um, you know, the Mel Tucker, maybe ask him about CU, ask him what well, went wrong. As somebody who uh, get some wine in him, <laughs> as somebody who has already uh, had a meal with Mel Tucker. I feel like I've gotten the stories out of him. Plus nice I've now heard the, yeah, I know. I love those. Uh, the same thing with the urinal, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, know. I think uh, I know all sorts of them. Yeah. I think that I, that's just honestly not a person who I want to, I've moved on. You know, I, I feel like I've gone through the whole process of the Mel Tucker experience. I've oh, learned me, a lot buddy. of things from like a lot of people and have had those conversations and they've, told me what it was like working with Mel Tucker and everybody's had their own things they've had to say about him. I've been able to process all that information. I've had my own experiences. I am ready to close that book and pretend he doesn't exist, even though he still pops up on social media everywhere. I don't know, man. It's like, it's like the ex-girlfriend. You, you think you're over, you think you're, you're, you're moving on, you're living your life. She's off doing her thing. You're doing your thing. You don't think about her. And then she updates that Facebook status. And then all of a sudden, all of those memories come back. And I'm telling you, the first time that we see Michigan State in like a national game where Mel Tucker's getting some love about the great job that he's doing at Michigan State and how the players are all excited and it's he's, you know, rejuvenating him. And it, what a breath of fresh air and all of this. All of that hurt is going to come crumbling back in. And I'm not even saying this to be a hater because – uh, like the way he left, he did them dirty. That's about as dirty as you can do a program. Yes. I don't Man. know. What, when that does happen, though, I will be reasonable about it, and I will approach it like an adult, and I will pull out my old Phil Steels, and I will cut letters out of those magazines, and I will paste them onto about 100 sheets of paper, and I will send – nice letters to everybody in the Michigan state athletics department about how much he is about to hurt them. <laughs> That's how I'll handle it. Like um, the crazy ex-girlfriend that comes up and is, you'll never believe what he did. But, but then there is this obligation to be like, Hey, ex-girlfriend's new man, just a heads up. I promise this isn't because I'm trying to like get back with her. Just watch your back, you know? Yeah. I guess it just depends, man. It depends, like, is it a homie? Or are you looking out for somebody? Or is this some dude? At that point, it's just like, I don't know. That might be your problem, bro. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to depend on a lot of things. Definitely going to depend on a lot of things. Um, but I will give you the correct answer to the question I asked you, which is Nick Saban, Herm Edwards, Ed Orgeron. That's a really good answer. 
I think that that would be a great dinner. I think if if I'm going to finalize, I would go Orgeron, Kiffin, Saban. Okay. But I don't know. I think it'd also be fun to get Harbaugh in the mix. I know. I was a weirdo. That was my next question was, have you secretly been thinking about Jim Harbaugh this whole time, but don't even want to mention that you would even like have that thought cross your mind as a coach you want to go out to dinner with? Because that's what's been happening to me. I feel like that's just Jim Harbaugh in a nutshell. I think about this guy way more than I should. Michigan's not even relevant, really, at least compared to what it used to be. And somehow, we're always talking Jim Harbaugh. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, he, maybe he'd be a fun guest. I'd, he'd probably show up in his you know, discount khakis and tube socks or whatever. But What a guy. Harbaugh is a, like a guy that would only like be willing to come if it was at Applebee's or somewhere that he had a coupon. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Uh, I thought of a, or I was trying to think of a clever transition, couldn't come up with one. DraftKings Sportsbook is the top-rated sportsbook app in the entire nation. It is the official betting partner of DNVR, and there is no better time to get in because there are odds boosts all over the place. Uh, Justin needs what? You need a uh, all-star to hit a home run today? Yeah, I need an all-star to hit a home run. I need the Rockies to cover. We'll see. Or there's they're underdogs technically, but I took the I just money took the line. money line. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, I I'm feeling kind of nervous about the all-star. I don't know. It 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 feels like it should happen, right? In this weird situation, pitchers are going to be, you know, kind of off, I would think. Exactly. Exactly. Like you think at least one of the pitchers like of the 30 pitchers over the course of these two days who will take the mound well 30 starters and then everybody else behind him somebody will not have their stuff figured out yet and the odds are they're going to be playing an all-star who's going to take advantage of it you know like it's got to happen somewhere uh, can you tell us why you bet on that honestly it's just like it's there's so many fun options like with the props on DraftKings, mm-hmm. you you look on some of these sites and Obviously, you know, you can take money line, you can take division winners, all of that stuff. But just like some of the obscurity, like who an M- a 2019 MLB All-Star to hit a home run on opening day. That's just like so wildly obscure and specific. And I'm just like, I'm into that kind of stuff. I like the weird bets. I like the fun stuff. I like the things that, you know, low risk, high reward. That's what this was. It was odds boosted. You exactly. don't really get any better than that, you know? The odds boosted. Like, that's the thing that they just always do. You, you've, they take an event and say, here's what normally they'd be, plus 230. Instead, we'll give you a plus 400, and it's basically free money on all sorts of different stuff. Uh, if you guys want to get in on this, and now is the time, like I said, MLB came back last night. Rockies play their first game tonight. Next week, we get hockey. We get NBA basketball. And who knows? Maybe we'll get some football uh, about a month later, too. But like I said, now's the time to get in, get familiarized because this is about to be a crazy run of sports and you don't want to uh, miss your chance to maximize every moment. Uh, So download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, how are we closing this one out? What, what do we want to talk about? Honestly, just this has been a kind of, of, of wild podcast. We've been, you know, all over the place. This isn't really college football, but just we have sports coming back. So I'm curious, what are you most excited for, you know, over these next couple of weeks? Is it, you know, the potential of the NFL coming back? Is it, you know, the, the absurdity that should be the NBA playoff bubble and, and everything that goes into that. I mean, at this point, I guess they still have to play the games to determine which teams are even going to be in the playoffs. They're trying to get Zion in as hard as they can. The NHL should be wild. I think the Avs have a really good chance of winning. I don't know, man. What's, what's most exciting to you? That's tough. I think uh, the most exciting thing is probably all of the Breckenridge beers I will be drinking over the course of the next three weeks. Good answer. But 
yeah. Number two, uh, I don't know. Like, baseball wasn't even like on the radar in terms of like how I would answer this question a week ago. But now that it's here and the fact that the Rockies are just coming in with a clean slate, I have had my hopes for this team build up way too much over the course of the last four days. It's still not quite enough to be the most exciting thing to me, but it has entered that conversation in a way that I uh, didn't expect to happen again. I thought that I was done being too excited about the Rockies and having them ruin my summer. Here they are to do it again. Um, Just working on that next ah, broken heart, baby. I'm ready to be disappointed again. Bull Bull coming back, or not even coming back, debuting. I, uh, that puts the Nuggets into Avs territory where the, the Avs have like the real chance to win a title. Like there are all these other things to watch. Like I'm going to be at the DMVR bar watching Rockies games. I'm going to do the same thing for the Nuggets games. I don't think the Rockies are going to uh, make the playoffs. Uh, I think that there's a decent chance the Nuggets make the Western Conference Finals, but I don't think they're getting past that. Whereas the Avs actually have actual title aspirations. And so I think it just has to be them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it just has to be that. I think that while I'm at the bar, everything's going to be a lot of fun. But those Avs games, I'm going to be locked in and, well, I was going to say sweaty, but uh, I won't be if I can get that shower installed. (laughs) I will say, if the Nuggets do make the Western Conference Finals and the Avalanche do win the Stanley Cup, I'm going to be flush with cash because I've got a couple of different props based around the Nuggets and Avs. Well, I'll one-up you there and say if those two things happen, well, actually, I need the Nuggets to win the title. I need the Nuggets to win the title. I need the Avs to win the title. I also need the Rockies to win the World Series. But if that happens, my $3 will turn into $98,000. They are, they're, they're offering those three combined now? Uh, it actually, I, I tried to parlay them and they said it needed to be approved. But I okay. got my approval. $3 to win ninety-eight grand if they all win titles. I mean... It's not going to happen, but like at that point, you just have to put it down. Uh, like, if anybody gives you those odds on anything, you have to take it. It's like Kevin Malone in the office. Exactly. If anybody gives you the odds, you got to take it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so hopefully, well, I mean, I'll still be here. I wouldn't quit my job. See, I, I feel like that's the worst part of this job is that whenever I'm betting or like buying lottery tickets because it gets so massive that you just have to like, finally the numbers make sense for you to actually buy the lottery tickets. Like the fun part is saying, Oh, what would you do instead of going to work every day? And this job takes that away from me because I like to be here. Yeah. But it would just be like, I would just do everything in style. You know what I mean? Like I would, uh. I would record from like the fanciest, comfiest recliner. I'd have like <laughs> dope TV, like, yeah, I'm still working. Cause what else do I have to do? I I talk about college football for a living. I have the best job in the world, but it, it would be nice to you know be flush with the nice little hundred thousand dollars in the bank or whatever. I mean, if I hit the lotto or whatever, millions. But <laughs> yeah, God, I'll settle I guess, for like a twenty dollars scratch off at this point. Like I just want to seriously life changing. Yep. Uh, I think that's, I think that's pretty it. much all I have for today. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Just, you know, wash your hands, wear a mask. It's, it's not a political thing. It's just we want sports. So please we do, do want that. sports. <sighs> if you don't wash your hands, I'll wash them for you. I'll just say that. It's nonsense. I got to get this over with. That was the DFER College Podcast with uh, me and Justin. And we will be back next week with another one, hopefully with some good news about college sports. Uh, blast today it'll be a blast next week thanks to everybody for hanging out with us and we will see you later 